Turn with me in your Bibles tonight to Psalms 144. Psalms 144. We've been teaching from this subject uh, entitled Enemies of Faithful Expectancy. Enemies of Faithful Expectancy. Tonight is lesson number four. When we talk about enemies of faithful expectancy, we're talking about the things that stands in our way, those things that uh, prevent or hinder us from remaining hopeful through disappointment, through setbacks, and even hopelessness as we await our desired expectation. And that's what faithful expectancy is really all about. So in Psalms 144, we said that the objective is uh, of this series is to provide assistance through the Word of God in helping us get to that place of faithful expectancy. So in verse number one, it says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. So as we bring closure to uh, this first enemy of faithful expectancy, we said there are five of them that we'll look at, but we bring closure to this first one, which is the lack of faith. Say that, the lack of faith. Say it again, the lack of faith. Turn to Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11. Lack of faith represents a lack of confidence in God, His Word, and His promises. Lack of confidence in God, lack of confidence in the Word of God, and lack of confidence in the, the, the promises of God, but it also represents a lack of conviction in God's ability, His willingness, and faithfulness toward us. If you look in verse number 20 uh, of Mark chapter number 11, this is after Jesus had spoken uh, to the fig tree, and He came to the fig tree expecting to find figs on it. There were leaves there, which was an indication that there were figs. And when he came to it, there were no figs there. And the Bible says that he spoke to the tree and said, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. His disciples heard it. So verse 20 picks up from that, and it starts out by saying, And in the morning, as they passed by, in the morning, the following day, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, from the root. And Peter calling to remember said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Now, underline or uh, highlight or whatever you do with your device that you may have, but some kind of way I want this phrase, have faith in God, to stand out to you because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Have faith in God. Say that. Have, have faith, faith in God. God. Say it again. Have, have faith in God. God. That's what Jesus said, right? He said to the disciples, Have faith in in God. He's letting them know that uh, I'm able to speak to the tree and the tree uh, withers uh, from the root, from the root. Notice now that change always starts uh, in the unseen before it manifests in the seen. So the tree dried up from the root. He says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. 
And, verse 25, when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I want to give you four components uh, of faith, four components uh, that are necessary whenever you are activating faith, you're standing in faith, uh, these four components that are, that are necessary. The first one is uh, the words that you speak, the words that you speak. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, whosoever shall say. So my speech, the things that I say, uh, the words that come out of my mouth are a great indicator as to whether or not I'm standing in faith, whether or not I'm believing God for whatever it is I need to be believing him for. The second thing is what you believe, what you say, what you believe. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. So what you believe, what you believe, what you say, say that, and what you believe. The third component of faith is praying, praying, because prayer is where we receive. Prayer is where receiving takes place. He says, uh, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe, and this is one continuous narrative here where Jesus is talking about faith. He says, what things soever you desire when you pray, uh, believe you receive them. When? When you pray. Believe you receive them when you pray, and you shall have them. So, uh, prayer is going to be a part of that. And then lastly, which is a part of the faith process, that if we can't get this one right, then faith will never work for us, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because he, if you, if you notice what he does here, he talks about speaking, but when he talks about speaking, he says that, you know, and if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you speak shall come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you've been speaking. And then he goes on to say, when you pray, uh, believe you receive, and you'll have it. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. But then he, he builds on prayer. He say, and when you stand praying, forgive. Uh, because it doesn't matter what you pray. If you don't walk in forgiveness, uh, you're not going to have it. It's not, it's not going to happen for you. Amen? So these are just four things I wanted to give you in, 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 uh, con concerning faith when I saw this. Let's talk now about this, have faith in God. That's what Jesus said, have faith in God. So I want to give you uh, several uh, aspects uh, of God's sovereignty when Jesus said, have faith in God, have faith in God. So there are several uh, uh, aspects here. Uh, when he said, have faith in God. Number one, when he says, have faith in God, because we don't want have faith in God just to be abstract, just to be something that's just kind of floating out there. Have faith in God, something that's just out there. But, but what can I really uh, sink my teeth into, as it were, uh, when he says, have faith in God? What is he really talking about here when Jesus says to the disciples? Because whatever he says to the disciples, he's saying it for you and I too. So he says, have faith in God. Seven things I'm going to give you. Number one, when he says have faith in God, he's talking about his person. Have faith in the person of God. The person of God. The scripture says in Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 11 and verse number six, uh, for without faith, come on, it is impossible to do what? To please God. For he that cometh to him, who's the him there? God 
must believe that he, who's the he? God, what? Is. He must believe that God is. Talking about the person. He must believe that God is. He that comes to God must believe that God is. That God exists. And not only does that God exists and that God is, but also that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in the person of God, do you have faith in the person of God, who God is, faith in who he is, faith in what the scripture says he is, faith in what the word says he is. So he says, have faith in God. He's talking about the person. Number two, the second aspect, he's talking about the power of God, the power of God, the power of God. Have faith in the person, have faith in the power of God, the person of God, the power of God, the power, believing and having confidence that God has power. Now, we know that, you know, just head knowledge, but is that revelation to us? Is that something that's birthed out of our hearts, or is that just something else we know in our heads? Oh, God has power. Yeah, God is, God is all powerful. God can do anything. Well, we say that, but do we behave like that? Do we respond to circumstances and situations like that? Amen. Do we confess like that? Do we speak like that? Do we choose not to worry like that? Amen. In the power of God. You know, we learn uh, just matriculating through Sunday school that God is able, right? We learn that, uh, you know, just, just learning about the Hebrew boys uh, uh, in the fiery furnace, those three Hebrew uh, boys, when they said, the God that we serve, he's able. And so we talk about the power of God. We're talking about the ability of God, that God is able. God's able to do Exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us, God has power. That woman with the issue of blood, she, she touched the hem of his garment and virtue, power came through that garment and she was healed of that issue of blood that she had been dealing with for the past 12 years. Amen. So when he says have faith in God that, God, that Jesus is not asking the disciples to go out there physically and do something to kill the root of the fig tree. But he's saying, I spoke, and when I spoke, because I believe in what I spoke, power was released. And that tree dried up from the root. Amen? Amen. So he's talking about having faith in God as the person, in the person of God, having faith, number two, in the power of God. Number three, having faith in the promises of God, in God's promises, in God's promises, faith in the promise of God, that whatever God has promised in his word, watch this, it's yours. It's yours. The Bible says all the promises of God are yea and in him amen. So that means every promise that God has ever made in his word, he's already agreed and decided upon that promise and it already belonged to us. But see, the devil will try to make you think you don't qualify for the promise of God. That, yeah, that's the promise of God, but it's not for you. You don't deserve that promise. You'll never have that promise. That's not for you. That may be for somebody else, but that's not for you. Every promise in the Word of God is for His children. So have faith in the promise of God that when you see it, 
You got to walk away saying, that's mine, and I'll receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And the promise of God, that what has God promised in his word and whatever he's promised, and all the promises of God are received by faith, whatever he's promised in his word, release your faith and receive that promise. Bring it in because that's mine. That promise of healing, that's mine. That promise of answered prayer, that's mine. That promise of peace, that's mine. That promise of joy, that's mine. That promise of healing, that's mine. That promise of long life, that's mine. That promise of protection, that's mine. The promise of a sound mind, that's mine. The promise of household salvation, that's mine. The promise of increase, that's mine. The promise of prosperity, that's mine. The promise of being blessed, that's mine. The promise of overcoming, that's mine. The promise of always triumphant, that's mine. Every promise in the Word of God is mine. Jesus said, have faith in God. So he's talking about the promises of God. Amen? Now watch this. Number four, in God's plan, in God's plan, have faith in God. Have faith in God's plan. God has a plan. An interesting thing is this. You do too. But he never told us to have faith in our plan. See, too many people have faith in their plan. And the more faith you have in your plan, the less faith you have in God's. The Bible says many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose and the plans of God that's going to prevail. Amen. 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 And God has a plan for your life. Amen. You may be an afterthought with others, but you're not an afterthought with God. You in the plan. And God didn't put you in the plan when you got here. You were already in the plan. From the foundation of the world, you were in the plan. Amen. God said, I know the plans that I think of you. Plans of peace and not of evil. Plans of prosperity. Plans to give you hope and a future. The thing about God's plan is going to bring you to your expected end. But you got to have faith in the plan. And stop trying to figure the plan out and just follow God and just trust that he know what he's doing with the plan. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? Number four, number five, in God's purposes. In God's purposes, when he says have faith in God, he's talking about having faith in the purposes of God. God's purpose. A lot of times we don't know the purpose of God. We don't know why God's allowing certain things to happen. But it's all work. The Bible says we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, you love God? Yes. Well, if you love God, all things are working together for your good. And for them who are, come on, called according to whose purpose? Whose purpose? His purpose. Those who are called according to his purpose. Say, I'm called. According to, God's according to God's purpose. And I love God. And I love God. So, so you know what that means? That means everything you go through is working together for your good. I didn't say everything you go through is good. I said it's working for your good. 
It's going to work for you. Only God can take what you go through and make it work for you. <laughs> only God can do that. Only God, only God can, only a God can do that. Can take what you go through that almost destroyed you to take what you're trying to get out of and leave you in it just a little bit longer because he's working something for your good. So he says, have faith in God, have faith in the purpose of God. Amen. Amen. Watch this, this next one here. <laughs> in God's process. Process. Say process. process. Now, process is, is normally packaged in this thing called trouble, <laughs> obstacle, difficulty, hardship, process. Process. That God, that I don't know why you have to go through certain things. I don't know why I have to go through certain things. I don't know why you have to deal with that. I don't know why you have to deal with the other. I don't know why you had to go that way. But I know this, it's all processing you. Because God has to process you before he takes you to where he's trying to take you to. See, if you don't go through the process, then you could get to where you're going prematurely or get there and still be immature. And because you're immature and you, and you avoided the process, you went around the process, you didn't go through the process, so it's just a matter of time before you lose what God blessed you with because you didn't go through the process. But process, and process can be very painful. But process is getting you ready. Process is getting you in shape. Process is preparing you for something better. It's preparing you for something greater. It's preparing you for the next level or the next dimension. It takes the process. Amen. And process is painful. It's uncomfortable not pleasant. It's not pleasurable. But it's, it's working for me. It's, it's process. I just, I just have to go through this. But here's the thing is that, that if, if you if you go and go through, then it won't take the process that long. But if you keep avoiding and, and, and you know, skirting around the process and, and so on and so forth and quitting and giving up in the process, you, you have no idea. You have no idea what God is getting you ready for. If you could, if you could really see your future, you'll respect the process. But we don't respect the process because we don't see our future. If you could really, if you could really see how, how where you are and what you're going through is really going to work for you. Rather than just trying to get out. And I get it. I've been there. You know, you're trying to get out of stuff. I get it. But at some point, and, and the thing about it is, you got to go through the process with the right attitude. You got to be like, God, I'm going to just tell you, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. And, you know, I have to trust you know what you're doing. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it this way, God. If I, <laughs> if, if I, was, if I was God, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't let you go through some of the stuff you let me go through. If, if I was God, I just wouldn't do you like that, God. <laughs> process. Say process. process. And that's what you, that's what you got to go through. We don't, we don't know if it's gold. We don't know if it's real gold if we don't let it go through the fire. And we got to leave it in the fire for a while to see if it's real gold. Amen. Amen. So it just won't be looking like gold. We want to know it's gold. All the way through gold. Amen. Amen. It's not gold plated. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Number seven, when he says have faith in God, he's talking about God's provision. Having faith in God's provision. God is going to provide. God is going to come through for you. God is not going to leave you alone. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to provide. Whatever you need, God is going to provide it. Amen? So he says, have faith in God. So that means we've got to have faith in God's provision. Amen. Let me give you three principles here regarding faith. Principle number one, when you believe God and activate faith, the change is already in effect. When you believe God and activate faith, the change is already in effect. When is the change in effect? When you believe God and activate faith. When you believe God and activate faith, change is already in effect. Number two, the change starts with the unseen and manifests itself in the seen. It starts with the unseen. Remember, the tree dried up, come on, from the roots. From the root. That's where the change starts. The change always starts where you can't see it. Change is happening. But it's happening in an area that you can't see right now. And we just have to trust God until it manifests in the natural. Amen? So you just have to, have to believe God. And know that it's working. It's just happening in an unseen area, in the unseen arena. That tree dried up from the root under the surface where they couldn't see it. It was already happening. Amen. You're praying for increase. You're praying for this. You're praying for that. God can be talking to somebody about you. You believe in God for this, believe in God for that, and God be talking to somebody about you. And then somebody come and bless you and say, you know what? The Lord spoke to me a month ago. And, and, I, and I've been holding this and had it sitting aside for you. And, and I'm glad I ran into you. I, I forgot I got busy and, and forgot to give you this $5,000 check. Come on, somebody better receive that. <laughs> come on. See, see you, you, you be praying and believing God and God talking to somebody about you. Talking to somebody about you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So God always, he's always working. He, it, it starts in the unseen before it manifests itself in the seen. And then, and then number three, what you've been saying will eventually change what you've been seeing. What you've been saying will eventually change what you've been seeing. And so you just have to keep speaking the word of God. 
You got to continue to stand in faith. Now, let's go to John chapter number 4, and let's look at this. John chapter, chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. We had a, uh, what was that, Charlotte? Lady was telling us, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the story. Lady was telling us, somebody gave her a car or something. They bought her a, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. Ah, oh, that, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bless them. Bless uh, somebody, somebody in the church. They got blessed with a brand new car. Amen. Folk just gave it to them. Want to be a blessing to them. Amen. Receive that? Yeah. You may not need a car, but whatever. Just say, yeah, God's talking to somebody about doing something for me. Now, now say, God's talking to me about doing something for somebody. Don't just always be on that end, on the receiving end. Don't be no welfare Christian. You only believe in God for somebody to do something for you. Believe God to raise you up. When he raised you up, that means all your needs met. What come to you is just overflow. Amen. Get to the place where when God bless you, you praying about what God wants you to do with that. Now, God, this came to me because you, you know I'll obey you. Is this mine? Or you want me to send this somewhere? Because I am a distribution center. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. What you want me to do with this, Lord? Amen. John chapter 4. John chapter number 4. And let's look at verse, verse number 46. Now, remember... Now, watch this, that my change takes place in the unseen before it manifests in the seen, all right? Now, now watch this. John chapter 4, verse number 46, it says, So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard of Jesus, when he heard that Jesus uh, was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come, come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now, this nobleman, he's a very important guy in that, in that region, in that town. And, and so he says to Jesus, look, my son, he's at, he's at the point of death. Look at verse 48. Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down, R, this word E-R-A, -E it means R, my son, my child, die. It means come down at once. Come down now. My son, die. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy son, live. This man came running to Jesus. He said, Jesus, Jesus. and you can imagine, now his son is at the point of death. He didn't come up there and say, oh, master. Jesus, my son, it dieth. Uh, Kenneth, thou cometh at once. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, Jordan. Come on, come on, act that out. Come on, you, you the man. Your son dying. You come to me. Come on, you, you come to me. I'm Jesus, and your son's dying, and you run to me like this man. Jesus come down at once. My child, he dies. Yeah, I want you to, I want you, I want you to do that. 
Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's how you come. That's how, that's how, that's how you come. That's how, that's how you come. Come on, come on back here. Come on back here. Come on, do it, do it over. Come on, come on, come on. Act like your, your son dying. My son, my son, help me. What's wrong? He's dying. He's at the point of death. Go your way. Your son lives. Amen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Go, go on. He, he's living. You're not going to come with go, me? No. Go, go your way. <laughs> go, 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 go your way. Go. See, I hadn't read the rest of the text to him, so he... he, 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 he but that's, that's, that's good. See, see, watch this, because I'm going to show you something. Now, watch this. He said, he said unto him... Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. What the man do? And he went his way. This guy ran out to Jesus, told him my son was dying. Jesus said, go your way, your son lived. Man, turn around, he left. He went his way. Why did he go his way? Because he believed the word. How we know he believed the word? because he went his way. Notice he didn't debate with Jesus. Notice he didn't, he didn't argue with Jesus. Many of my counseling sessions, a greater portion of my time is getting believers to believe the word. Not change their, their actions or the situation, just believe what the Bible says. Most of my time is spent getting Christians to believe the Bible. And they come to counsel session with a Bible. I'm just trying to get them to believe the Bible. <laughs> just, just believe the word. This guy, he believed the word, and he went his way. And we know he believed because he did exactly what Jesus said. Now, when he left, now, Jesus hadn't been to the house. Jesus hadn't seen the situation. Jesus don't really know what's going on other than what the man said. He said, he said Jesus, come to the house. He said, my son, he died. Jesus said, go your way. Your son live it. And this guy gets up, and all of a sudden, he changes now what he believed. Now, initially, when he said something, he believed his son was dying. Yeah. When Jesus spoke the word to him, he believed his son lived. Yeah. Watch this. He has no evidence in the natural that his situation has changed. Right. All he has is what Jesus said. And he believed what Jesus said. Now, now, watch how it picks up because we're going to see. Change starts where? In the unseen. And it manifests itself in the seen. Now, watch this. And as he was going, as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, what? Our son lived. Uh, who said that at first? That's what Jesus told him, right? And the servants come out saying the same thing. Watch this. Verse 52, then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour when the fever left. Now watch this. This guy, he goes his way. He runs to Jesus, tell him his son's dying. Jesus says, go your way, your son live. This guy, he goes his way. Now, now you have to, uh, have to know that the devil is playing with his mind. You told me my son lived, so he's going, his son lived. Now, he sees these servants running out. 
What is the devil telling him when he see those servants? That what kind of news are they carrying? Bad news. He's guarding his mind, though. He's guarding his thoughts. And he gets to them. They say, Master, your, your, your son live it. And they say, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what time did he begin to amend? Watch this. They said, they said it, was, it was yesterday. So watch this. This guy has been walking an entire day. When did he believe the word? Yesterday. When did his son begin to mend? Yesterday. Yesterday, watch this, not when Jesus spoke it. Yesterday, when he believed what Jesus spoke. Now, now could, could he see the change? No, he couldn't. But he just believed the word. He believed the word when he couldn't see the change. Do you believe the word even when you don't see the change? Or do you have to see the change and then say, I knew God was able. <laughs> what about when it's not changing? What about when it's not getting any better? What about when it's staying the same? Do you still believe the word? Can you continue to as the scripture says, but I know it's not correct English, but can you continue to went your way? Or will you sit there? That was a, I like what Jordan did. Or, or when you, will you stand there and argue with the word? Jesus, come to the house. My son dying. Jesus said, go your way. He lived. You, you ain't going to come? <laughs> no, no, Jesus, I just, I just left. I just left the house. Jesus, he, he, he's not living. He, he's dying. I just left. No, no, he living. Jesus, no, because when I left, for, we checked the temperature before I left. And according to the temperature, he got fever. <laughs> Jesus said, go your way, he live. No, Jesus, Jesus um, you don't understand, Jesus. Lord, help me, please. Then you start back. Lord, please help me. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Just take the word. How many times do you come up here on Sunday and receive prayer? Do you just take the word that was prayed over you and go your way? Or do you say, well, they, they prayed. They said I was healed, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, it's still hurting. I just hold it like this while I'm up here. Because it ain't, it ain't got no better. He went his way because he believed the word. He didn't argue with it. He didn't debate it. He didn't question it. He took it as God spoke it to him and said, that's the word. That's what I'm going to believe. And he said, at what time did he begin to mend? They said yesterday about the seven hour. And the man said, hmm, that was the same time when he said, thy son liveth. See, when he speak the word, when you hear the word, you got to believe the word. That's not the time to debate it. If, it's in, if somebody's reading the word of God to you, if somebody's quoting the word of God to you, it's not man's word. It's God's word. And all Jesus did was spoke something. Same thing happened with the centurion. Lord, come to my house. My daughter is at the, is at the, is at the point of death. 
And, and, Jesus, and Jesus said, I mean, the, uh, the centurion soldier, he, he said, my servant, he's lying at the point of death. And, and he said, but look, I'm not worried that you'd come to my house. You ain't got to come to my house. I know how this thing works. If you just say something, if you, if you just speak the word only, just speak the word only. I believe the word. I ain't got to have you at the house. If you just speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. When are we just going to believe the word of God? Just believe what the word says. Because it's not man's word, therefore the power to produce it is not in man, it's in God. And how many things have failed to change for us in the unseen because we failed to believe the word? The seed of the righteous is delivered. Do you just take that and go? Or do you believe what your eyes see? The seed of the righteous is delivered and your son get arrested. What do you believe? You believe what your eyes see? Or you believe the word that was spoken? Amen. Amen. You believe you're blessed. You believe for increase and all this, so on and so forth. And your income tax wasn't what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> Now what do you believe? See, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. you know, people of God, I mean, we got to get to the place and to the point where we just believe the word. Just, get, just give me word. Just give me, give me the word of God and let me set my faith on the word of God. And that thing will begin to change for us. Amen. Amen. Any believers in the house? Amen. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Come on, say, I believe the word. And so when we believe the word, there's going to be an action that follows our believing the word of God. If you believe the word, your actions ought to support that you believe the word of God. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for the word. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for truth. Father, we believe your word. We believe what you said. We believe what you say. We believe what you promise. We believe what you uttered. We believe the words that come from your mouth, Father. Because your word is true. It is your truth that makes us free. The word that makes us free. It's your truth that heals us. It's your truth that delivers us. You sent the word and healed us and delivered us. And so, Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And I thank you, Father, for this privilege and this, this honor to be able to stand before people of the word and just share your truth tonight. Father, I declare that we walk away from this place and we believe what we've heard tonight. And, Father, we know now that the change, so we will not be deceived or tricked by what our eyes see because we know and we realize the change takes place in the unseen. So it's in the areas that we can't see right now. It's in the, the places we can't see where you're working things for our good. And as we patiently wait on you, we shall see manifestation in the name of Jesus.